You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of Paranormal Encounters. Hi. What's happening? What's happening is we got some scary stories. What the heck? <laughs> and tonight we're going to be joined by Kristen, who actually has a cool story about the Gates of Hell Cemetery that we've <laughs> talked about so often on here. Oh yeah, she has a really good story. I should bring Bishop James Long on when she was telling that story. I should just brought him on mm-hmm. and say, uh, Bishop Long, uh, can you counsel her on why you shouldn't go to the Gates of Hell? <laughs> <laughs> and just have, a, have it as a surprise. Oh yeah, that'd be crazy. All right. My house was fraught with weird stuff happening when we first moved in. The kitchen table would move overnight 12 to 18 inches. My keys would disappear and show up in the weirdest places, like my quilt trunk. My son Christopher went into the basement and things came flying off a shelf at him. One time he saw someone walking around our wraparound porch, but there was no one there. The most obvious one was a few years ago. Twice this happened. I was sweeping the kitchen floor. The door to the porch started shaking uncontrollably. It was like someone was trying to open the door without turning the knob. It lasted about 15 seconds each time. Now keep in mind, this was a wraparound porch completely enclosed. I knew it was bad because my dogs, who will bark at a butterfly flying past a window, all looked up at the door and stepped back at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Both times it happened, I was doing the same thing about the same time at night. By the way, as a side note, I walked into the kitchen table one night while going to the bathroom. It was not the first time I walked into the kitchen table because it was moved. So I just said, please stop moving the kitchen table, and it never moved again. That was from Barbara. She was very polite about it. She was. Well, good. She was using her table manners. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I thought so. (laughs) You're silly. What is your story, my dear? All right. I don't know, so I'm going to read it. (laughs) Okay, get ready for this story. So I was closing up the bar one night after a long shift. As I was carrying a rack of glasses into the kitchen, I slipped on the wet floor. I had just mopped, fell to the floor, and let out an instinctual, Ah! That was very good. Thanks. That was very good. Immediately after, as I'm sitting on the wet floor, I hear a low-pitched moan. It was so audible that I actually thought it was a real person. This was startling considering I was the only person left in the bar. I stood up, completely frozen, and yelled, Hello? Again, immediately, I hear the same low-pitched moan, except this time it was louder. Now I'm starting to freak out a little bit, but for whatever reason, I decided to walk closer to where I heard the sound coming from. So I yelled very loudly, Hello? You know, when you back away from the microphone, it doesn't have the effect of being loudly. 
It probably. I know, sounded, but I didn't want to bust somebody's ear. I know, but it was almost pointless to do it. You could have just said it normally. Oh. Well, I'm trying to do the real thing. Get off my nuts. <laughs> for the third time, I now hear a very loud, low-pitched moan. That was it for me. I ran back into the kitchen, grabbed the biggest knife I could find, because that seemed logical at the time. Grabbed my purse, ran out of the door, and never looked back. It was funny trying to explain to the chef the next day why he was missing a knife during this morning prep. <laughs> the creepiest part, I come to find out that there was some sort of accident that had occurred in the restaurant years before with the son of the owner, and word around town was that he died right there in the bar. In parentheses, true freaking story. And this is from Cat. I wonder if the uh, the chef that morning was telling people that there must have been a ghost because his knife was missing. <laughs> he probably uh, thought a ghost took his knife. He might have. But, you know, normal people don't think that automatically. You know this, right? Yeah, I do know that. But the people we hang out with aren't normal. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the first thing I would have thought of. No. <laughs> My knife's missing. A ghost took it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take a listen to Kristen and her Gates of Hell story right after a quick break from our sponsor. All right, we've got Kristen from Kentucky on the phone. And Kristen, we've talked about on this show Gates of Hell Cemetery in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And, of course, we've had Bishop James Long emphatically tell people, do not go there. Everybody knows that Tracy refuses to go with me, even though I've said a bunch of times I want to go. My oldest son is going to go. You have actually been there, and you've got stories to tell from gates of hell cemetery so first of all thanks for coming on the show uh thank you so much yeah i just wanted to reach out i thought it was really cool seeing a story you know from my hometown but when all this happened to me i guess i was like 16 me and my friends we had hung out all day we had gone to an amusement park and we were like well what better way to end the day than going to this urban legend hot spot um so we decided to take a ride out to the gates of hell well when we get there where it's at it's off this long gravel road anyways and it's kind of creepy just even leading up to it and when we got there I started just feeling like really uneasy like just something in my gut was like you don't need to get out of the car well all my friends get out and they're like no you've got to get out we're all doing it you've got to so they finally talk me out of the car I get out and that uneasy feeling just gets extremely worse you know, it feels like someone was just watching me. Like, they knew I was kind of, I guess, the vulnerable one because I was terrified to be there. Because I've heard all the stories, and some of it's really crazy. Some people say, you know, oh, it's definitely haunted. Other people don't. So, anyways, we kind of mess around a little bit. They walk around, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. Something is just telling me it is time to go. We get back home. They drop me off. And that uneasy feeling just stuck with me for a couple of weeks. I had a son at the time, two-year-old son. And he started talking to something that I could not see. And it was, he called it Frederick, which was extremely weird to me just because most kids come up with imaginary friends, but it's usually names that they've heard. Nothing that he watched or anything had that name in it. Hmm. About the same time that that started happening, 
we started getting like weird smells around the house. There were a couple times like my son would have scratches on him. So I was like, I've got to reach out to somebody. Like something is not right. I'm almost positive I have brought something home. I had contacted a ghost hunting group. I think they were originally out of like Fort Knox. I don't even remember the name or anything. But I had talked to the guy. We were on the phone and there was just like this low, like growling sound. This guy, like, he never called me back, never would contact me again after that. So I reached out to another group out of Louisville, and they actually came down to my house. I got them to come down and help me out. So they did the investigation. I actually stayed for it because I think that stuff is really interesting. And while they were there, they used a couple different things. It's like one of the, what is it, the ovulists. They had gone in my room and the batteries and everything died. I mean, I had watched them put these batteries in. They were full. They went in my room and it died every last thing. And so then they're sitting in there and you can see this lady is sitting on the bed. And on the other side, bed is made. You can see what looks like an indention, like someone sat down behind her. Then this obvious starts going off. It starts saying something about a stone in a closet, which was weird. Like, I didn't understand what that meant. So they wrap up their investigation. They went on their way. Come to find out, after they had left, my dad was telling me, because I had told him what this obvious was saying about the stone in the closet. And come to find out, my dad, when he was about my age, him, his brother, and his two cousins had gone out to the gates of Hell Cemetery and had stolen a tombstone and kept it in my aunt's closet for <laughs> years. And then they just threw it out. They threw it in this pond in the woods, and that was the end of it for them. So, you know, I call the lady the next day, and I'm explaining this to her, and I'm trying to figure out a date that she can meet back up with me to get all this evidence to me because she told me they had quite a bit, and it was really good, and I was really excited. But not long after she left my house... Everybody that came started having such bad luck. Like, their son had to have spine surgery. They had lost their jobs. They, I mean, any kind of bad luck these people could have started right after they investigated my house. So, they never did get back to me, even to this day. Like, they will not even talk to me after that. I think they even, like, quit doing any kind of paranormal investigations after that. So then, you know, I decided, I was like, well, I'm going to try and do the right thing. Maybe whatever I brought home has just attached itself because, you know, my dad and everybody, like, they took this tombstone all these years ago. And the crazy thing was this pond had actually dried up and I had actually found the tombstone. That's and incredible. I, I took it back and it definitely got a lot less aggressive not as many issues like after that i do notice now like anytime i talk about it or definitely if i'm watching like paranormal shows it te it tends to get like stirred up i've had because i actually reached out to a psychic at one point i was so desperate you know to figure out and they were like whatever it is has attached itself to you and it's not going anywhere that is my story <laughs> on the gates of hell and why you should be very careful going there i've also been told that because i was so scared i was probably definitely the more vulnerable one so whatever it is probably attached itself that way as well so i just warn people you want to go out there it sounds like a good idea i promise you it is probably not <laughs> so i wonder what 
I wonder about the people that are buried out there. Because, you know, a lot of people say in the cemeteries that there are spirits wandering around from some of the people buried, which I always find odd because usually the spirit should be gone before they get buried. So I don't know why it would be there unless it's just for the fact of seeing loved ones or something come. I I have no idea, but you kind of wonder if there's any spirits that are there, if they're kind of held captive by whatever evil entities might be there. Yeah, because there's always been a lot of stories. Supposedly, some people say there's like a cave on that property somewhere. I'm not sure how true that is. But I do know that there was, quite a few years ago, people were using it to do like satanic stuff. They had accidentally like found evidence out there of like people doing stuff to animals. And the one time I went out there during the day to return the tombstone, you could actually see these weird markings on the trees and stuff like that. And so I don't know if that could be part of it. People are messing with things that they don't quite understand. I completely get it. You know, like I said, I, I still don't have a problem going out there, but <laughs> I'm in the minority because many people are terrified of the place. And it's definitely one of those places that has the legends that, you know, some of these places have the little folklore and stuff around them and, you you know, it's no big deal. And But this is one of those places that people are literally terrified of. Yeah, they, and you know, some people go out there and they're like, oh, it's definitely, it's so haunted, like my car wouldn't start, or people say they see orbs, and then you get that other group and they're like, nothing happened, there's nothing going on here, so I guess it really just depends, but I've had too much happen to me to say, you know, no, this stuff doesn't exist, I've definitely stayed away from there since then. I know you told us that story, we kind of met at the, for the first time up at Scare, uh, not Scarefest, uh, Crypticon last mm-hmm. year. And you told us that story while we were there and I was blown away. So I was so glad that you were able to come on and tell it to the listeners. Well, thank you. And uh, tell your husband we said hi. Okay, I will. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. So what do you think about the coincidence of finding the headstone that her father had already dealt with years before? I guess it's a good thing she knows now. That's what happened, so that answers a lot of her questions. I just think it's just such a strange coincidence just to even come across it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of all people. And her dad. But maybe that's what was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. It could be true. She could have been led to it. Yeah, but just another reason why I ain't going there. So, (laughs) yeah. All right, guys, we love you. That was a good story, though. Yeah, it is a good story. Mm -hmm. We love you, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Have a good weekend.